Welcome to this special re-release of the Streets of Avalon actual play audio drama. We will be releasing episodes every Friday as we're gearing up for the Streets of Avalon sourcebook Kickstarter coming later in December. We also wanted to give you a preview of what you can expect from the book. Once the campaign kicks off, the episodes will release more frequently until the story is complete. This sourcebook will have a large amount of setting material for the fantasy city of Avalon, running adventures in the city from political intrigues and investigations to heists and building out neighborhoods to tell these stories in that will matter to the player characters. You'll also find strange monsters within the streets of Avalon, like the mysterious lamplighters who eyelessly walk the streets at dusk lighting lamps to keep the darkness at bay while having strange motives, powers, and tastes. In the future episodes, I will tell you a little bit more about the city of Avalon, but with that said, I now give you the streets of Avalon. Welcome to the Streets of Avalon, played by the Wednesday Evening Podcast All-Stars, and presented by Misdirected Mark Productions, in conjunction with Gaming and BS, She's a Super Geek, and the Knights of the Night. Now for the introductions of our GM, the players, and the characters. Uh, Brett B. from Gaming and BS, I am the Dungeon Master. Hi there, this is Kevin Lovecraft. Been gaming with Brett for several years. I'm playing a bard in this 5e campaign, Morris Solanus. He's pretty young, just uh, has discovered his bardic magic, and is hoping that he can get into the bard college in Avalon. He's out for adventure and also hoping to uh, catch the eye of a pretty barmaid at the Iron Wheel. Uh, my name is Tom. I'm one of the GMs and editors of Knights of the Night Actual Play Podcast. I am uh, playing a druid character, Nora Maginis, also known as Grandmother, I believe, by most of the players. I'm Emily from She's a Super Geek. I make up about one half of it, technically. Someone else would have to go in and do the math, actually. I am playing a ranger, uh, Fion McFinnigan. I am from the same village as Grandma. Or a grandmother. I'm very respectful to my elders. And I am on a quest to become a full adult in the eyes of the village. So I am basically trying to make sure grandmother gets back to the village safely. And that will make me a full adult. And I might have a crush on Chris's character, which is a good segue. And my name is Chris Nizak, and I am one of the hosts and, I guess, the architect of Misdirected Mark Productions. I am playing a character called Vassar Vim. I am a rogue who lives on the hard streets of Avalon, and I'm just trying to make a buck, and I try to keep my word. That's who I am. And I turn the microphone over to Brett B. So, when we were talking last, kind of our little preamble session, we had just ended up with... Let's see here. Vassar, what do you recall? There's a box. What's in the box, Brett? What's in the box? Yep, I just thumped it down on the table. Emily, apart from the box, which is glaring at the table, what did Fionn see? I killed somebody. I actually killed somebody. (laughs) Never killed anybody before. But they were bad people trying to burn things down. And I don't know what's in the box, but guess we're going for it. And Chris's character kept calling my character Red because she has red hair. That's right, Red. Grandma, what do we remember? We remember that there were a number of people that were... Were they all killed? Yes, there was a large host of people that were killed. Everyone from uh, Jacob Wells to a lady named Violet. You guys have basically what's left of a retinue of scoundrels is uh, tied up in front of you. Yeah, so I do remember the fight. I remember the box. I remember poor Fiona being upset. But I've tried to explain to her that that's just the circle of life, darling. People die. It happens. Sometimes they get an arrow through the head. 
It's a natural way to die. Sometimes we have to help them. Right, and we we do have a person we're interrogating. Absolutely. We had the fight, tried to charm the mage, and I believe that's the person we have tied up and gagged so she can't do any magic on us right now. We've got the box that Jacob Wells was ranting that he had to find. And then we also know that the mage, at least, uh, was wearing this medallion with two crossed hammers on it. And so they're like Hammerites or the Zealots of uh, Odin sect in Avalon. Mm-hmm. And then I believe there was also kind of a swanky longsword with a jeweled pommel that someone picked up in the fight as well. And Vassar, I believe, has a necklace that belonged to a, or is reputedly belongs to Master Thieves. I do. Finger bones. Correct. The finger bones of a Master Thief. Which I have put upon me. Correct. So, after the Huckabuck, the whole group has returned inside the Iron Wheel, which is the inn tavern that Vassar's mother, Julia Vim, owns. Allison is a young, cute little thing who also works at the Iron Wheel. Maris has been slowly but surely trying to work his wiles upon her to no luck. Vassar at this point is unsure whether his mother is working her wiles upon Maris or what the what the <laughs> scoop there is. No, she's she's just very nice. Vassar's mom has got it going on. She's not for you, Maris. <laughs> no, she said that uh, I could work on some of my pickup lines with her though to see if I can get Allison to pay attention. Wait a minute, hold on a second. You're you're not interested in my mother? You're interested in Allison? Yeah, that's what it, uh, why, what made you think that? I'm so sorry, man. I didn't realize that was going on. Oh. Is that what all those looks have been about? Yeah, man. It could have been Mrs. Vim's batting uh, luscious eyelashes at you and uh, blowing kisses at your back. We've had a little bit to do with it, but hey, what are you going to do? Oh, no, my (laughs) mom's interested in you. Mom, we have to have a conversation. Mother had gone upstairs. I believe Tom and or Henry, one of the two stable boys, was still alive, wounded, hurt bad, drug upstairs by mom, getting him kind of laid down. We had Violet, the mage from the, for lack of a better term, the bad guys, the ones with the crossed hammers, bound, gagged in the inn. At this point, everybody else in the inn is gone. The iron wheel is empty except for you. It's a good, uh, <coughs> excuse me, late summer Avalon evening. You have had downpouring rain, a bit of hail. It has now come to a steady, drizzly type of rain. We have a roll of thunder. The occasional lightning bolt, you know, brightens the sky, comes through the doors. The uh, roof of the Iron Lily is in great shape. The building itself is really is really good. It's as against the western gate uh, portion of the city. At there is a fire on the hearth. A uh, nice smoky smell. The food is good. There were plenty of drinks held out to, uh, Julia had brought that out so everybody could kind of calm their nerves after the big fracas. You guys dug into the bad guys, asked a few questions, got few, if any, decent answers. But we know that this box, which was in a large bag, that, um, uh, that Jacob Wells, who was a, another local ne'er-do-well who Vassar knew quite well, um, seems to have gotten in something a, a bit over his head and um, was in a panic over. So the box is on the table. Vassar, you have just succeeded in picking said lock, am I correct? Correct. All right. There is a shriek from upstairs. You hear Vassar, that is your mother's voice. That's the only woman you know who screams like that. And it's usually when she sees a rat or something equally like surprising scary. She screams bloody murder upstairs. I jump out of my chair and, and 
take the stairs three at a time if I have to get up there, pulling my blades. Fionn? Uh, Fee, I, I look towards grandmother. I nod my head towards her as if it's okay to go if she wants to. All right, so I will notch an arrow to my bow and follow Vassar, assuming I can get up the stairs with a notched arrow and not shoot anybody else. Maris? I think I will take a step outside of the front of the uh, inn and just get an eye on what's going on out on the street. Make sure no one's come in through a window or across rooftops. On your way out... I would like you to give me a quick investigation check, Mars. Fifteen. Um, Allison has made her way back into the room. She was uh, coming back in with a jug to refill everyone's uh, wine cups. And she sees the box on the table. Everyone's attention seems to be at the stairs. You're heading out. And she's like, has this, huh, I wonder what's in there look. And she begins to head towards the box. Grandmother puts her staff on the box because she hasn't moved. <laughs> Ah, oh, grandmother. Now, now, child, go about your business. Don't you have something to clean? Ellison looks a little frustrated with you. Tom, give me a quick wisdom check. Holy crap. The man. The wisest of wise women with a 25. Holy. Nora, grandma looks at Allison, and there is something very seriously off with this young lass. There's an intent, a malicious intent, behind the eyes and everything about her. It was, it's that flash of, you bitch, you caught me, how dare you, the insolence, the audacity of you, and it's all swallowed. <clears throat> she chokes that back as quickly as she can, and, yes, mother, you're right. And she turns on her heels, and there is a definitive, almost the teenage girl stomp towards the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And that's what grandmother does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <clears throat> Maris, you have gone out fairly quickly to the front door. My assumption is that you see Nora has taken care of the in- inquisitive Allison. Yeah, I probably hear that exchange just as I'm going out the door. Correct. Kind of look back for a brief second, going, damn, and then go out. Got it. Vassar, boom, three steps, two steps, four steps, bam, landing. In the hallway, your mother's laying in the hall. There's no pool of blood, nothing horrible. She's just laying there. At the end of the hall... The window that leads out to the side alleys is open and kind of clack, clack, clack. You can hear the rain. Boom, a peal of thunder goes by. Flash of lightning. You see a body, or at least the head, kind of the um, from the eyes up of someone lowering themselves down from the window. Your mother's body is on the hall. Straight away from that, you see a man lowering himself down. Or you assume it's a man. I fling one of my swords right at him. Holy, we do not muck about. <laughs> Vassar is a man with it. No, that's mom. You don't touch mom. Even Morris knows that now. No, no, that didn't work at all. Whew, the blade goes whack. It basically, instead of hitting point first, handle first, it just goes flat blade right against the side of the wall. Doesn't hit whomever it is. The hands let go and they're gone. Fionn, you're up right behind. You see Vassar in time to, to do a, oh, hell no. Fling. He throws a short sword. I mean... Muscular back, rippling, he throws this blade. I mean, I just see Fionn going, a man of action and such grace. How did I get put into this position? Let's not talk about aim. There's there's a horrible uh, clunking sound at the end that kind of, you know, the the needle scratches across the uh, proverbial record there as he um, flubs his throw horribly. The rest of it looked great up until the point where he has a standing as an abashed child and he missed his mark. 
Vassar and Fionn, you're standing basically within two, three feet of Mrs. Vim. This is only the second story? Yes. I want to take a running leap out the window. I'm out to prove that I'm an adult, and I believe that the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few, and this is somebody who's probably attacked somebody. Fionn, are you looking to do this uh, kind of just bull rush yourself, kind of a raw strength, or are you hoping for an acrobatic dexterous type of thing? Because at this point, I, I see Fionn being a young person in her head saying, I'm going to do this thing, and it's going to look freaking cool. I think, yeah, I think that uh, it would probably be athletics. Okay, give me a roll. Whoo! Nicely done. One bound over. Vassar, this woman is quick. She has a bow, arrow out, strung, releases the, the knock from the string, grabs the bow stave and the arrow in one hand, two strides over, through the window... The freehand pivots, grabs the frame, swings herself down. That was amazing. Fionn, you're out. The rain hits you, and flap, you hit down to the mud, and you see Vassar, I'm assuming, a look of awe and shock. Yes, I'm like, wow, that was really good. Don't look up. Don't look up. Don't look up. Don't look up. It's so less cool if you look up. (laughs) And then I go to my mother. Excellent. Maris, you've gone out the front door to take a quick look. Yes. Give me a um, very quick, uh, as quick as you can anyway, perception check. Ha-ha. The rain is coming down. There's the occasional flash of lightning. Yeah. It illumines the area. You, you see the usual kind of street dwellers. You've been through here before as a bard. Yeah, I know the kids and stuff in the neighborhood. There's that group of kids. There's Hobo Jack over there. There's, you know, Mad Lady Mary over there preaching to the cats, as she always does. The rain's coming down. You see a patrol of griffins, the city guard. see them in a distance. You can actually hear them. They have the telltale chain mail on, the kind of chunk 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 as they walk. They have the long billhook-type staves on top of the lead has the traditional lantern hanging from it to light their way. Everyone else is um, loaded down with their uh, usual accoutrement of weapons, um, clubs, staves, small-bladed swords, that type of thing. They just are kind of doing their thing and trying to go as quickly as they can because the weather sucks ass right now, so they want to get through this. Muddy streets, sloshing. Other than that, you see nothing. Just going to go around corner and look down the side street or alley. Okay. Fionn, you've left out. Yes. You fall about a story and a half. Not the best. So you're out. It's nothing horrible. Basically what happens is that you land in an ungraceful type of format. You did the athletics to get out. You're trying to land here and just control yourself. It's a really muddy, unstable ground. You land just the musculature. It's in, You don't stick the landing type of thing, but you land, boom, you're up. You've got mud from like your right hip down to your ankle. The other one's muddy from the knee down, splashed up on you. Pull the mud off your eyes. You see... Vassar's mother. She's looking at you, and she says, What are you doing out here, child? It's pouring rain. Get up, get up, get up, get up. Oh, my God, are you okay? Are you sure? Are you fine? She's re- she's reaching out a hand to you. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I, will, I will pull out my short sword. Her hands go up. She's like, Child, child, this easy, easy girl, easy girl. Julia Vim, I am Vassar's mother. You can't be Vassar's mother because Vassar's mother's up there. So one of you is lying, and considering the, that the odds are 50%, I'll take them here. Who are you? Vassar, your mother's laying there. She has a thump up the back of her head, a huge goose egg. Kind of do the quick roller over. She's breathing. Her eyes are dilated, kind of when I hunting, when I fishing type of thing. She's not quite there. The low moan escaping the lips and such. I'm actually going to pick her up and put her in bed, get her comfortable, because it's my mom. I'm going to need a perception check from you, Vassar. You bring her in, lay her down. 
women's clothing and the type of dresses she's wearing, there's multiple layers to this, right? Mm -hmm. Her outer layer is missing. She has a long kind of a coat-like top and uh, longer skirts. Those are gone. What she's wearing is what she would normally wear kind of like around what she had on from downstairs, being mistress of the house, making sure everything was prepared and ready, kind of her business lady's finest. That layer is missing, as is her necklace. So I put two and two together, and I'm like, somebody took this. Why? Maybe to disguise themselves? Hmm. And then I go to the window and look out and see what I see. Fionn, it's raining. The wind is picked up a little bit. Some thunder. As I said, the lightning. If you want anyone to hear you outside of this conversation, you'll have to tell me that you're raising your voice. Otherwise, it's too loud to be heard. So anyone in the building will have no clue what's going on. So you have your short sword out. Menacing her, or is it kind of more just stay back? Stay back. I'd like to roll an insight check if I can. Absolutely. Yeah, there's something definitely amiss. There's a physical abnormality. You're not quite sure what it is, but there's something about her face that is off to you. You don't know what it is. You can't pinpoint it. It might be a trick of the light, but there's something there, especially with the eyes, and it's not right. Okay, let's see here. I'm 18. The adrenaline's pumping. There's something not right. I probably attack. Oh, well, Fionn looks at this. She has already um, slain in battle today, and this will not be the day she dies, by gods. All right, then. Give me a roll. This person has no clue you are going to have advantage on this. They're absolutely surprised. Woo! Holy cow! Slice! Short-stabbing blade. Blade goes out, goes completely through the chest, sinks all the way to the hilt. The face, at this point, just completely changes and morphs. It becomes very elongated. The mouth becomes very, very hollow. The skin pales out. The eyes have almost like a gray alien shape to them. Her forked tongue lashes out at you with these nasty needle-like teeth, and she says, that was a mistake. I didn't leave my village for this. The right hand comes out. It is an elongated, desiccated-looking hand that is transformed into claw-like appendages, and she just lashes out at your face. You just... Lean back, the sword pulls out of her skin. It's like removing a blade from a block of clay. It has that same kind of sticky, sucky feeling. Which I've done, because my village is very boring. I probably have no idea what this creature is, but I don't think that it is a person. Probably not. Maris, you are poking around the corner. I've just rounded the corner, squelching in the mud. Take a look down the alley. Do I see anyone moving kind of... Look down the alley and then scan up the walls. There are six, count them, six black cats sitting in a row, observing something around the back of the building. They're sitting there, they all have their head cocked, and they're watching something. That's not ominous at all. I will dash down the alley. Nora, you've grabbed the box and you're headed upstairs? Yes, I'm going upstairs to see what's going on up there. I'm hearing thumping and jumping and all kinds of noises. As I grab the box and walk towards the stairs, I'm watching for that little vixen who headed into the back room to make sure she stays where she's supposed to. Oh, she was about to come back out, spied you, and spun on her heel quickly. You swear to the gods at this point that you think you hear the back door close, the back door to the kitchen. She may well have left the building. Okay, I hurry up the stairs, and depending on how much time I have, I might do a heel check on uh, Vassar's mother if I can get that far. Nora, you're going to come up the stairs. You see Vassar come out of a room, apparently a bedroom or something along those lines. He's out there. He does a quick one side to the right because he heard you, sees you, and he heads over to an open window. Vassar, do you say anything to him in the process? 
One, I pick up my sword. I look out the window and I yell over my shoulder. Can you check on my mother? She got thumped on the head. And I point at the room without looking. It makes sense since I see, I healed Vassar earlier, so I head in there to take care of her. Very good. Vassar, looking down from the window, you see um, Fionn has just stabbed your mother in the chest. There is a bizarre twisting. I mean, why wouldn't you stab a woman in the chest? Especially, especially the lady of the house. Why would you not stab her? So Fionn has stabbed your mother in the chest. There, the rain be, the rain picks up in earnest. There's a huge roll of thunder. You can't hear anything what's being said down there. There is the light is very off and very very strange. Your mother lashes out at Fionn, tries to like sm- slap her away. You can't tell if maybe she's in pain or what's going on. Fionn is backed up and pulled the blade out, and she's obviously preparing for another thrust. Well, that's not my mother. I just saw my mother, so that's an imposter. Uh, what is this building that I'm in? Uh, what is the iron wheel? Is it just a straight shot down, or is it like a, an old building where each level sticks out a little bit more as it goes up? You have a little bit of edge uh, that you can stick that you could hop out to, like if you wanted to do that, right? It's not just a straight drop. Fionn, when she went out, did a beautiful acrobatic out grab, whew, straight, you know, superhero landing pose type of thing. Couldn't quite stick it, but did pretty well. Yeah, this is what I do. I just put my foot on the edge of the window. And then I leap out and down and stab the person that looks like my mother, who's an imposter, in the back. Maris, you come around the corner, peek over the cats. The cats look up at you like, you ought to see this shit. <laughs> um, you peek around, and you see Fionn pull a blade from the lady of the house, and then a weird, when the lightning flicker, that is not Vassar's mother. There is a streak of something above. You've just enough time to look up. Vassar rolled a hit. Obviously, you, you have surprise. You're going to have advantage on this. How about a 19? Oh, you absolutely hit her. So Vassar's coming down. Boom. The blade is going to come in. Probably right collarbone, piercing straight down. Not only the shock, the, hey, I've got a good vital spot, but Vassar is a full-grown man landing on top of this thing. Thump. Mom, in quotes, whack right in the mud, flat on her back. The blade is to the hilt in the neck. Vassar, you have landed. Give me a quick acrobatics check. 22. Nicely done. Fionn, you look up. Vassar has leaped down from the heavens, stabbed this beast to the ground. He stands on top of her, feet on chest and throat with a blade in it. I mean, it's picturesque. It is gorgeous. My God, what a man. And I say, good job, Reb. Way to distract it for me. Oh, we have gone from adorable to patronizing. Yeah, he and he ruined everything right there. That's <laughs> yep. exactly what happened. <laughs> that is the rogue equivalent of mansplaining. Ooh. What? Oh. <laughs> I said good job. Oh. That's fine. <laughs> Nicely done. Maris, what do you do? So I just saw Vassar come plummeting out of the sky and drive his blade through some creature. The other mother mutter to myself by odin's eye that will make a good story go walking up roll the body over with the toe of my boot i assume it fell went collapsed face down vassar's on top of it vassar will you step off of the body is it still moving oh just uh, at this point is twitching more than it is actually like writhing all right then i stand up and pull my sword out of it maris you're able to tow it over the tongue is about six, seven inches long, lolling out. It is blue, about two inches wide, and narrows out to a fork. <clears throat> the eyes have that gray alien look, as I said. The skin, at this point, all the hair is completely gone. 
it hasn't fallen off, so there's not like there's hair laying on the ground or anything like that. The clothing no longer fits tightly or it, it fits in any way. The body now looks like a desiccated albino alien, for oh. lack of a better description. The rain picks back up and then settles down like one last gasp. Now it just it goes from that huge torrential now to the pitter-patter, pitter-patter. And clouds part a little bit. bit of moonlight comes in, and Fionn, Vassar, and Maris are standing there. Standing behind Maris are six cats. They're kind of continuing to watch. Majora's Mask, what is this thing? I turn back to the cats and thumbs up. Nora, you are upstairs. You walk into the room. Uh, his mother, uh, Julie, Julia, is trying to sit up. She is doing the whole moaning. Oh, my head. Oh, oh God, I feel... And she just turns over and heaves. She has concussion vomits, which is lovely. Yes, I tell her kindly to sit back down, kind of force her to lay back down. And I perform medicine on her if I can to see if I, there's anything I can do to help with uh, injury of that type. Absolutely. Grandma has dealt with this before. <laughs> Damn, that's a natural 20, folks. That's not bad. That's not bad. 24 total. So, Nora, you reach into your little bag of tricks, pull out a bit of herbal something, mix it into uh, a poultice, and kind of dose her up, get her to calm down. She's asking you where Henry went. I'm sure he's fine. Don't worry about it. Just relax. He seemed he seemed really strange. He was asking he was asking me for the box. I don't. Do you still have the box? I kind of push it slightly beside me so she can't see. Um, I believe Vassar has it. She believes the heck out of that with a roll of three for me. Yeah. Um. Of course she. Of course Vassar has it. He probably has the keys to the kingdom and uh, the rods of the seven wizards as well. Why not? So, Julia says, "Okay, I could you send Vassar up here? I think, I think that box is dangerous. I think, I think he and I need to put it somewhere safe. I, th- I think I need to see it. I'm sure Vassar will be up here in just a moment to check on you. We'll talk then. Okay. She is uh, sipping the little uh, concoction that you made. You've got some ointment type of thing you've rubbed on the in- sorry back of the head injury. Give me another medicine check there, Grandma. Okay, seventeen. That's not an injury." That is a natural lump in the back of her head. You've touched and felt many people who have been clubbed upside the head before. You've clubbed many people upside the head before. <laughs> in fact, you probably did that just the other day. Why, yes, I have. <laughs> Mostly Fionn. There's something definitely off medically. The way this person is acting, you have the feeling that they're definitely acting. You have dealt with your own children when they have, quote-unquote, called in sick to guard duty. I'm backing out of the room. I'm going to go check on Vassar. She pats the couch. That's okay, honey. You can you can sit by me. Yes, but I want to make sure that Vassar's okay. Is that the box there in your hand? Uh-oh. No, no. This is where I got the medicine from. You're not paying attention, dear. Give me a deception check there, <laughs> Granny. Oh, I'm not so good at that. Oh, that's not bad, though. <laughs> oh, 15. but that's a, that's a good roll. Julia appears a little bit befuddled. Didn't quite see where the medicine came from. So, okay, well, you just send Vassar in the box up here as soon as you can. Oh, of course, of course. Do you shut the door on your way out, or do you leave it open? I lock the door if it's possible on the way out. You cannot lock the door, but you can shut it. Okay. Vassar, you stand there. Maros has just kicked over the corpse of this thing. Fion, you're staring at it. Your blade is in your hand. It has a... The blood is... It's just normal-looking blood. There's no crazy greenish ichor or anything along those lines. The creature bled. It's on your blade. You can see it clear as day. Vassar, what are you doing? Maros. What is this thing? So, do I have a clue, Brett? Uh, I can try to leverage my knowledge of stories 
of Avalon to see if I can dredge something up that sounds familiar. So you be trying to go through like a performance type of thing? Basically going through my story catalog. Absolutely. Morris, something like this has happened before. You think it has something to do with a guild. Maybe it's the Bard's Guild? Was it the Bard's Guild? No, it was the Thieves' Guild. Uh, I can't remember. It's on the tip of your tongue, but not quite there yet. I shake my magic bard eight ball. Yeah, future is uncertain. Not sure, Vassar. If this were a, if this were a song request, Maris would have simply asked for another uh, glass of wine to uh, cause the memories to come back to the front, but he's not in that position. Then I look at Fiona. Uh, hey, Red, have you ever seen anything like this? We don't have anything like this where I come from. I assumed this wasn't normal, but... I'm glad to see y'all are, are handling it like it's not normal, because I feel like if it was normal, we wouldn't be staying long. <laughs> I actually giggle just like that when she says that. I'm like, well, it's raining and I'm wet and I just leaped out of a window like the third time this week that's happened. I'm going inside and seeing if my mom's okay. The back door to the kitchen has opened. Faster, your mother walks out. She's wearing basically what looks like much like the same clothes as before. She comes out. She's like, oh, my God, what happened? Mom, are, are you okay? Like, I, I just saw you upstairs and you got whacked on the head. Yeah, I know. She kind of rose the back of her head. I know, I know. Uh, um, that old woman, she, she gave me something. I'm feeling a lot better. Is, is everything okay? What is this? She points at the creature. I don't know. Do you have the box that it had? No, it was. we left it inside on the table. It's not on the table. Why do you care about the box? It's not on the table. I go running for the back door. Vassar's mother lashes out at you with a fist, trying to kind of buffet you completely out of the way so she can get back into the building first. Whoa, whoa, whoa. She swings and misses. She snarls at you and says, that box is mine. Not if I get there first. Vassar, I'm assuming that this is not uh, normal for your mother. Not my mom. And then I charge at it. <laughs> Vassar rolled a hit. Marius is standing next to her, right? Oh, absolutely. Surpri- I mean, surprise attack, sneak attack, the whole nine. This this thing has no idea what what you're going to do. It's not like the flanking backstab in Pathfinder. No, you just get you get some advantage on it, and yep. then you get the uh, additional sneak attack damage. I don't get advantage. I just get the sneak attack. That's all. I do nine, but I also attack with my other sword, too, so, and that also hits. And uh, with that one, I do four. So I did 13 total. Stab, slash. The creature is cut, stab. The skin changes. It looks like a carbon copy of the beast that's lying in the mud right now, collecting muck. She falls away from Maris. Don't touch my bard. Goes down on her left knee, kind of grabs her her ribs on the right. It looks at you, its face is twisted, and that hideous, just needle-like teeth and a tongue. It's incredibly pissed off. What did you do with my mom? Maris, I need you to make a um, intelligent saving throw. Fifteen, there you go. Maris, the creature locked eyes with you for a second. You had a very distinct feeling that you shouldn't let every anybody just I mean hurt it like that. I mean it's just this poor woman. It's just it needs the box. Why would you why would you not let it have a box? It's just a box, Maris. Why wouldn't you do that? Vassar, don't take this wrong, but your mom's looking at me weird. Nice stab her with rapier. Natural twenty. It did not have that much left regardless, so done. Uh well they're doing that, I'd like to do perception. Fionn, what were you looking at? What were you trying to perceive? Whether or not there were any more of these creatures around, or if there was anyone else around, because these creatures can apparently take on the form of others, so who can we trust? So, one of the things that Fionn does as a ranger, you've done 
you've done guard duty, you've hunted. And one of the things that comes along with that is being able to remember counts. At some point, I being a hunter, if you see three deer and suddenly you only see two, you want to know where the third one went. You're going to go through your head and do the math of who was left in that building. Let's see. There was Vassar's real mom, Henry, and Allison. There were three people other than and you grandma. who were in there. And grandma. But I'm just saying, from a quote-unquote NPC perspective, right. the only other person who no one has seen move or is accounted for is that violet person who is bound and gagged in the uh, common room. So there are four, we think. we think, or you're pretty damn positive. No one's bothered to look quite yet. But there are four NPCs, and if you look at what you've accounted for plus what people are talking about, you well, you've accounted for two of them at this point. So there's conceivable... The real mom is somewhere, and there's that violet lady. All right. I think if we're two down, there's the magic user and uh, Vassar's, Vassar's real mother. Did anybody double check the magic lady's bonds? Mm, crap. Turn around. Continue running for the back door. Got it. Fionn? I think I'll keep my short sword out, and I will. Is there an open window nearby to get into the first floor? Yes, you could crawl through a window into the common room. Can I just say, I never play dexterous characters, so this is awesome. Getting in here is not going to require a roll from, from right. Fiona. I mean, she's obviously plenty nimble. The shutters were open. The window was slightly ajar to let in some of the summer air. You're up and in. Cool. You're actually going to beat Maris into the room. Vassar, what are you doing as they are exiting the area? One, I'm like, wow. Because she just like like hand leaps in through the window. I'm like, that's that's pretty great. Wow. Uh, then I look around and I'm like, I know it's raining and I know it's muddy, but I'm looking to see if anybody has dragged a, a body or anything out of the house because I'm, I'm starting to do the math too, right? Yep. Like she did the math. I'm like, if there are people around that are changing shape, that means there's gotta be Allison or Henry around somewhere or either that or they're dead inside, which would be problematic. So I'm looking to see if anybody dragged a body outside. So the six cats have come up. What's the deal with these six cats? Three of them go over by the first mother and uh, kind of sit on her and just kind of like just stay there. And two of the other ones go and sit on top of the other one. And one of them walks up to you and starts kind of figurating your legs. Uh, I'm like, hey, kitty. And then I I bend down and I, I pet the cat. and like, what are you trying to tell me? It gives you the, the deep, very happy purr. Does the whole rub. Get, get right there. Oh, that's the spot right under the chin. Perfect. And now I bite you. And then it bites you, of course, because it's a cat. And that's what cats do. It gives you the nip, hops away about six feet, and looks back at you like... Come on, bro. Goes another four feet, looks back at you. Come on. I start following it. Nora, you have backed out of the room. You have shut the door. You notice the rain, the lightning, the thunder stopped. You now have just the occasional pitter-patter of the rain. There's a bit of moonlight coming in. You have the box and some horrible entity in the room. Where, where are you going? I can move pretty quickly when I want to. So I'm down the stairs and then in the direction that I saw Vassar go. So if he went out the front of the building through a window, I go that way. If it was the back, I go that way. Uh, Nora, you come downstairs. You notice that Violet is bound, tied to the chair, gagged as always. She looked incredibly pissed off. She's glaring at you, like shooting the visual daggers, like, how dare you, you wretched thing. As I walk past her, I take a swing and cut just short of hitting her on the forehead and say, behave, and then head out the back. It's close enough to make her eyes cross, and she flinches slightly, and um, she sits. She clearly is not happy, but she sits. Point taken. You begin heading towards the back. As you're heading that way, Fionn pops in through a window. 
<laughs> Ta-da! I take out my notepad and I look at her and I smile and put a check. And of course, we don't know how many columns there are and what the checks mean or what column it was. Or, or what column it was, no. But I am smiling. Well, yeah, but you smile when you hit me sometimes, too. Most times. That is true. That is true. Grandmother, there are two creatures who are able to look like Vassar's mother, but weren't. Long blue tongues and weird. No, no, dear. No. Three. There are three? There are three. Yes, one upstairs. Where's Vassar? Outside. The back door opens up. Maris comes in. Maris, you see Nora having, uh, talking with Fion. You see Violet bound and gagged behind. And apparently Fion came through a window. <laughs> Crafty little thing. Where's Allison? Is Allison okay? Does she need any help? I don't know if where where is Allison? Allison? Is that somebody else we need to worry about? Allison went out the back door, did did she not? Oh. Mm, all I saw was someone who looked like Julia come out the back door and then she wasn't. Tried to do some sort of mojo on me and so she got stabbed. If these are shape changers, perhaps they can change shape very rapidly. God, I wonder if one of them killed Allison and replaced her. Or Allison is one of these creatures. No, that's impossible. She's too sweet. I love that logic. Oh, oh, no, she isn't. Oh. Um, we have one more upstairs. What? One more, what, one more of these things upstairs? Yes. Well, where the hell is Vassar's mom? Where's Vassar? That I don't know. I look over at Violet. Mm-hmm. She's well-behaved. I've never tried anything like this before uh but i know i have this capability i would like to intimidate her oh i would like to use my quarter staff and do what grandmother does when she wants to intimidate people <laughs> okay <laughs> which is draw up very big uh use the moral high ground and hit or uh, pretend to hit demanding um who are you really <laughs> uh so fion has this plan in her head and she like grabs her quarter staff which was nearby in a corner mm -hmm. but grandmother s figures out what she's gonna do and grandmother grabs the quarter staff out of her hand dear relax let professionals take care of this while i'm talking to fiona i'm checking the back of her head fiona looks fine does she have a lump nope she looks totally fine okay checking marcus as well maris looks fine as well fiona give me a quick uh, perception check fiona Fionn, you know that Violet lady? She's more cautious. The whole I hate you all, damn you to hell look has gone. She now realizes that this old woman just stopped this young woman from doing something horrible to me. Okay, something's going on here. You may not have fully intimidated her, but she is clearly reevaluating where she sits in this scenario. I gather Fiona and Marcus together for a moment and tell them the secret of telling who really isn't who with the knob in the back of the head. And I remind them again, we have one upstairs. Does Violet have one on the back of her head? Uh, grandmother nods, nods sagely and checks off a little. Good one, Fiona. Mm, she was thinking that time. All right. Well, I think we need to make sure that the prisoner upstairs is still secure. Gonna look and make sure that door is still locked. Can one of you just make sure that whatever it is hasn't like crawled out the window or something? I believe she's waiting up there for Vassar and she seems very interested in this box. They all seem very interested in the box. Yeah, that's what the one said outside. Well, can Vassar kill his own mother in cold blood? That might be a lot to ask of someone. And where's Vassar? 
That's all for this episode of The Streets of Avalon. Tune in next time to find out where Vassar went, will Fionn become an adult in the eyes of Grandmother, what's actually in the box, and will Maris get together with Allison? We look forward to running with you rogues next time.